Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. I think I've probably broken every single one of those that I've made to the Lord. Lord, if you just, if you just do this, then I'll do this. I can't even remember what I promised him, but he does. He remembers. He's like, all right, James, on this day, you said, if I did this, then you would do this. Just be careful. And when you, whether it's vows to the Lord or vows to each other, promises, just, just own it. Just own it, okay? If you have to break it, then break it and apologize for that. Like, it's called relationship. When God walked through the pieces of the sacrifice in Genesis 15, it symbolized that he was taking on full responsibility of the covenant with Abraham. All Abraham had to do was to trust in his faithfulness to fulfill his promises. Even today, with the sacrifice that Christ made on the cross for our atonement, somehow we still think that we can bring our works in an effort to appease God. As Pastor James clarifies in today's message, that's just not possible. Your works should be simply done out of a gratitude for Christ's work. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Numbers chapter 27 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. This was a celebration, and that's what I love about all these offerings is that the backdrop to to each one of these is not really, it's not duty, it's delight. It's like a celebration. Like you're going to offer something to the Lord, it should invoke some sort of celebration, right? Some sort of uh, just fun thing, so to speak. Now, there are other offerings and that may not have that, you know, um, atmosphere, quote unquote, with it, but... When these guys are doing this, and especially with Passover, Passover week, I mean, it's just, it's a party. It's a party. And then they're celebrating the fact that this specifically represents us being delivered from bondage. And so we should celebrate that one. As often as, as we think about it, you and I don't, you can't make this a rule, and you shouldn't make it a rule, but it would be important, it would be good for you on, let's say, the year, the time frame in which you were saved, just to reflect on that. Like if you got saved, some of you know the day and the year, right? Some of you got that down. Some of us know kind of when it happened, right? So it's like, it's around this time. I don't know what day it was specifically or anything like that. I just know when it happened. So for me, towards the end of July is when I naturally go back to like, this is when I got saved. This is when I surrendered to the Lord Jesus. And so it would be good for us on a yearly basis when that, that birth date, so to speak, shows up, your, you know, your second birth kind of thing, to, to reflect on that and to celebrate that. We even know some people that will go out and buy birthday cakes, right? We've done that here before. Somebody brought in a cake one time, I think it was back at the other building, because their spiritual birthday fell on that Sunday. And they're like, I bought a cake, or here's a birthday cake. And we're, who, I mean, you're not going to turn out cake, right? It's, it's amazing. And we would celebrate with them. It's a good practice for you and I to, just like... Passover for the Jews, for us to reflect and celebrate on the day when you were set free. So when that comes around yearly, you, you know what? Um, celebrate. Go, go to HEB. Go to Kroger's or wherever and buy yourself a little cake. Throw yourself a birthday party and just 
celebrate God and just the fact that he set you free on that day, right? Can't, I'm not going to make a rule of that, though, okay? But that's just a, I think it's a good idea, right? So you go from that one, Passover, to the offerings for the Festival of Harvest. This is later on in the year. Present a special burnt offering on that day as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It will consist of two young bulls, one ram, seven one-year-old male lambs. These will be accompanied by grain offerings of choice flour moistened with olive oil, six quarts with each bull, four with the ram, two with the seven lambs. Also offer one male goat to purify yourselves and make uh, yourselves right with the Lord. That's a sin offering. Prepare these special burnt offerings along with their liquid offerings in addition to the regular burnt offering and its accompanying grain offering. Be sure that all the animals you sacrifice have no defects, right? Give the Lord your best. Okay, is what he's saying. So he's laying this out. This is for the new generation. They would already be aware of this, but it's a good reminder as they're about to go into the promised land. This is what God wants from you. This is what he expects. And when April comes around, that's Passover. We're celebrating Passover. You know, when um, September, October comes around, we have a celebration then. Uh, You know, so he's just laying this out of like when these festivals come up, we party, so to speak, but in the best kind of way. It's offering to God. It's worshiping God. It's celebrating him. None of these festivals are about the people. None of them are. They're all about God and what he has done. They're all about God and what he has done. None of this is like, oh, this is just for the Jews. This is, it's all like what he has done for them, which is really kind of a cool. And that's the best way to celebrate God is to Remind yourself of what he's done for you. So chapter 29, verse 1. We're going to cruise through these, uh, these festivals real fast. Celebrate the festival of trumpets each year on the first day of the appointed month in early autumn. Uh, yours may say the seventh day or seventh month, which would be in the Hebrew calendar that would be uh, September. So in early autumn, you must call an official day for a holy assembly. You may do no ordinary work. On that day, you must present a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It will consist of one bull, one ram, seven one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. They must be accompanied by grain offerings of choice flour, moistened with olive oil, six quarts for the bull, four quarts for the ram, two quarts for each of the seven lambs. In addition, you must sacrifice a male goat as a sin offering to purify yourselves, make yourselves right with the Lord. These special sacrifices are in addition to your regular monthly and daily burnt offerings. They must be given with their prescribed grain offerings and liquid offerings, These offerings are given as a special gift to the Lord, a pleasing aroma to him. What you're going to see and what you've already seen is this is like all the same stuff. You're like, yes. So yeah, there may be a lot of it, but praise God he's consistent with it, right? It's like, like, okay, so for this festival, you know, subtract the seven, you know, male lambs and add this. No, it's just, it's, here's the pattern and it's the same. Here's the pattern and it's the same which is kind of nice. So, but that's concerning uh, what you call the Festival of Trumpets or Rosh Hashanah, all right? Uh, now here's for the Day of Atonement or Yom Kippur. Ten days later, on the 10th day of the same month, you must call another holy assembly. On that day, the Day of Atonement, the people must go without food and must do no ordinary work. You must present a burnt offering as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It will consist of one young bull, seven one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects, These offerings must be accompanied by the prescribed grain offerings of choice, flour moistened with olive oil, six quarts of choice flour with the bull, 
four quarts of choice flour with the ram, two quarts of choice flour with each of the seven lambs. You must also sacrifice one male goat for the sin offering. This is in addition to the sin offering and atonement and regular daily burnt offerings with its grain offering and their accompanying liquid offerings. All right, you are going to know this system by the end of the night. Um, You're going to wake up tomorrow and you're like, oh, no, uh, uh, one bull, two rams, seven lambs. Uh, You're just going to sound like a crazy person probably for the next few days, but that's okay. Five days later, same month, this is Sukkoth. This is the festival of shelters or Sukkot, if you, uh, depending on how you, which one you go with there. This is the festival of shelters or booths. Five days later, on the 15th day of the same month, you must call in another holy assembly of all the people. You may do no ordinary work on that day. It is the beginning of the festival of shelters, a seven-day festival to the Lord. This is a seven-day celebration to the Lord, seven-day party to the Lord, okay? So again, this, this totally should dismiss any of those ideas of like, man, Christians are so boring, right? That's what I thought before I got saved. I'm like, why in the world would I want to be a Christian? Like, this, I'm in the world. I go to parties all the time. Like, why would I want to go be a Christian and then just have to go to church all the time? So blind as to where the real celebrating was happening. And so now, being a Christian for 20 plus years, I'm like, well, the parties over here are so much better. They're so much better. I'll take these parties and future parties in the kingdom over the best the world ever had to offer. Okay? So festival, it's a seven-day festival to the Lord. First day, verse 13 of the festival, you must present a burnt offering as a special gift, pleasing aroma to the Lord. It will consist of, hold on, 13 young bulls, two rams, 14 one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. Each of these offerings must be accompanied by a grain offering of choice flour moistened with olive oil, six quarts uh, for each of the 13 bulls. That's a lot, by the way. 13 times six. That's, that's your, you're like, man, I'm going to go broke in this festival. Um, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. The Lord will take care of it. Four quarts for each of the two rams, two quarts for each of the 14 lambs. You must also sacrifice a male goat as a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering with its accompanying grain offering and liquid offerings. That's just day one. That's just day one. <laughs> You're like, holy cow. And then I got to keep, I got to keep killing these goats too because they're sin offerings. And it's like, I didn't know I was that bad of a sinner. And you're like, yeah, you need, actually need more goats, probably. This is God in his grace. And for you and for the goats, right? Because the goats would be wiped out. They'd be extinct if we slaughtered as much as were needed for our sins. Okay? So day two, day two of the seven day festival, sacrifice 12 young bulls, two rams, 14 one year old male lambs, all with no defects. Each of these offerings of the bulls, rams, lambs must be accompanied by its prescribed grain offering and liquid offering. You must also sacrifice a male goat as a sin offering, in addition to the regular burnt offering with its accompanying grain offering and liquid offering. Third day of the festival, set or 11, see we're getting a countdown here, 11 young bulls, two rams, 14 one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. Each of these offerings of bulls, rams, by its prescribed grain offering and liquid offering. You must also sacrifice the male goat as a sin offering, in addition to regular burnt offering, the regular burnt offering, and its accompanying grain offering and liquid offering. Fourth day, okay, 10 young bulls, two rams, 14 one-year-old lambs, 
all with no defects. Each of the offerings of bulls, rams, and lambs must be accompanied by its prescribed grain offering, liquid offering. You must also sacrifice what a male goat uh, as a sin offering, in addition to regular burnt offering with its accompanying grain offering and liquid offering. Fifth day, uh, we're just uh, just counting down. The only thing that changes is the number of bulls that die. Okay, that's that's all really that changes here. So I know it sounds repetitive, but just hang with me. It's cool. We're, we're going to make it through this. Fifth day. You got nine young bulls, two rams, 14 one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects. Each of these offerings of bulls, rams, and lambs must be accompanied by its prescribed grain offering, liquid offering, sacrifice that male goat as a sin offering, in addition to your burnt offering and its accompanying grain offering and liquid offering. Um, please note that even in the frequency of this, that at no point in time does God ever allow an improper sacrifice. Okay? You're like, come on, dude, it's day six. Can I slide in a jacked up goat or a jacked up lamb or something in here? Nope. Every single day, he wants your best. Every day he wants your best. He expects your best. Sixth day, eight young bulls, two rams, 14 one-year-old male lambs, no defects. Each of the offerings of bulls, rams, and lambs must be accompanied by its prescribed grain offering and liquid offering. Must also sacrifice the male goat as a sin offering in addition to the regular burnt offering, company grain offering, and liquid offering. Seventh day, here it is, we're coming to a close. Seven young bulls, two rams, four, one, and 14 one-year-old male lambs with no defects. Each of the offerings of bulls, rams, lambs must be accompanied by the prescribed grain offering and liquid offering. You must also offer, sacrifice one male goat as a sin offering in addition to the regular burnt offering with its accompanying grain offering and liquid offering. And here it is, the eighth day. Eighth day, there's only seven days in a week. No, this is an eight-day celebration, all right? Because um, that's, that's how you celebrate with God, right? <laughs> Just like, you think it's seven? No, no, it's eight days, okay? Eighth day of the festival, proclaim another holy day. You must do no ordinary work on that day. You must present a burnt offering as a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. It will consist of one young bull, one ram, seven one-year-old male lambs, all with no defects, each of these offerings must be accompanied by its prescribed grain offering and liquid offering. You must also sacrifice that one male goat as a sin offering in addition to your regular burnt offering with its accompanying grain offering and liquid offering. You must present these offerings to the Lord at your annual festivals, annual meaning, meaning yearly. You have to do this, okay? Uh, they didn't do this yearly, all right? They weren't so great at keeping some of these things. So this plus any of the other you know, laws concerning the Sabbath and all that stuff. Um, yeah, they, they weren't the best at keeping with this, which is partly due to why they end up in Babylon for so long, okay? But the Lord lays it all out, pretty detailed. Like, just do this, this, and this, on this for this month. Here you go, for this feast, you do this. It all makes sense. It says, these are in addition to the sacrifice and offerings uh, you present in connection with vows or voluntary offerings, burnt offerings, grain offerings, liquid offerings, or peace offerings. So Moses gave all these instructions to the people of Israel as the Lord had commanded him. And then the last, we're going to read through 30. You're like, holy cow, how many chapters? Just this one? It's cool. Because um, he said the vows, and so we need to cover the vows that he just talks about. Um, and how, you know, if you're going to make a vow, then please, you know, follow that uh James, what's it, the end of chapter 4 in James, I believe, or it could be chapter 5, I think it's chapter 5, uh, let your yes be yes and your no be no, right? Make a vow, you make a promise, keep it, okay? Moses summoned the leaders of the tribes of Israel and told them, this is what the Lord has commanded, a man who takes 
who makes a vow to the Lord or makes a pledge under oath must never break it. He must do exactly what he said he will do. Be a man of your word, is what it says. Um, here's a quote from uh, some Quakers. Just That's just who it is, Quakers. It says, of your unspoken words, you are the master. Of your spoken words, you are the servant. Of your written words, you are the slave. So essentially what the Quakers lived by was like, look, if you never verbalize it, you don't, you don't have anything to worry about. If you say something to somebody, make a promise, then you, you have to honor that thing. If you have that written, written, written down, oh, you are bound to it in one sense. It's like, just be people of your word. And this is what the Lord is clarifying to the nation of Israel. If you make a vow to the Lord, now this isn't anything that like God's saying, you must make a vow to me. He's just saying, if you make a vow to me, okay, if you are the one who initiates this to the Lord, you better keep it. Like, you have to own up to that. You have, this, at no point in time is this ever like God saying, you must make a vow to me. He's saying, when you come to me, like we all have done, God, if you just do this for me, if you just do this for me, then I will forever do this for you. Okay, how's that going? <laughs> How many of those have you prayed, and how's that going? And then that being reminded of those things just makes us appreciate grace all that much more. Because I think I've probably broken every single one of those that I've made to the Lord. Lord, if you just if you just do this, then I'll do this. I can't even remember what I promised him, but he does. He remembers. He's like, all right, James, on this day, you said, if I did this, then you would do this. Just be careful. And when you, whether it's vows to the Lord or vows to each other, promises, just, just own it. Just own it, okay? And if you have to break it, then break it and apologize for that. Like, it's called relationship, you know? It says, here's some, uh, uh, just an example, right? Let's say, uh, it says, if, you, if, a, or if a young woman makes a vow to the Lord or a pledge under oath while she is still living at her father's home and her father hears of the vow or the pledge and does not object to it, then all her vows and pledges will stand. But if her father refuses to let her fulfill the vow or pledge on the day he hears of it, then all her vows and pledges will become invalid. The Lord will forgive her because her father will not let her fulfill them. So let's say... Uh, a young woman living at home gets super zealous about something. I was like, oh, Lord, I promised you I'm going to do this. And her dad hears it, and he's like, oh, I don't think so. Like, hold on, no, 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 no. Then she's off the hook, and God's like, hey, don't worry about it, because um, you're on the covering of your dad, okay? Because there is this thing called uh, leadership within the family, and it is male leadership. That's, that's biblical. That's actually in the Bible, and, and there's reasons for that. It doesn't mean... One is one female is lesser than the male, or it, that's nonsense to think that way. It's just dumb. Okay, there's male spiritual headship within the home. the The only issue with that is there's not enough men taking the headship of their home. Okay, so here, here God is just communicating to the children of Israel what just doesn't require any explanation at all. It's just assumed this is how you function. Daughter makes a vow to the Lord. If I got two daughters in my house, if they make some outlandish, you know, vow to the Lord, and I hear it, I'm like, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Let's not make that vow, okay? Let's, no, let's table that. We'll come back to that later, or let's pray about this. Um, they're off the hook. They're off the hook. Verse 6, it says, now suppose a young woman makes a vow and binds herself with an impulsive pledge and later marries. 
if her husband, uh, if her husband learns of her vow or pledge and does not object on the day he hears of it, her vows and pledges will stand. But if her husband refuses to accept her vow or impulsive pledge on the day he hears of it, he nullifies her commitments and the Lord will forgive her. If, however, a woman is widowed or divorced, she must fulfill all her vows and pledges. Okay, so now this is like a young bride and she's just like, oh, Lord, I'm going to... I'm going to give you our home, right? Like, and that sounds good and all that stuff, but he's like, literally, you can have our home and all that stuff. And the husband's like, whoa, whoa, hold on, no. Like, no, let's not, let's not do that. Um, maybe there's another way we can honor the Lord besides, you know, doing that or, or giving up this or, or whatever. So there's just, again, there's this order and there's this covering. There's this covering for it all. Verse 10, here's the opposite side of it. But suppose a woman is married and living in her husband's home, when she makes a vow or binds herself with a pledge, if her husband hears of it and does not object to it, her vow and her, or her pledge will stand. But if her husband refuses to accept it on the day he hears of it, her vow or pledge will be nullified and the Lord will forgive her. So her husband may either confirm or nullify any vows or pledges she makes to deny herself. Um, that could give you a good insight, too, of like maybe a vow she takes of like, you know, marital coming together. She's like, I'm going to be celibate, Lord, for the next year. And he's like, hold on. Um, oh, no, no, no. We're, we can't. No, we're not abstaining from anything. That's not a good idea. Uh, he's like, I don't know this yet, but I'm sure the Bible will address that later on in the New Testament. So there could be ideas where she's just making these pledges or vows to the Lord. Okay? And so he can step in and say, like, no, I don't, I, don't think, I don't think that that's the right thing to do right now. But if he does not object, this is verse 14, on the day he hears of it, then he is agreeing to all her vows and pledges. If he waits one more or uh, more than a day and then tries to nullify, nullify the vow or pledge, he will be punished for her guilt. So the responsibility falls onto the husband. If he heard her make this vow or pledge and he doesn't speak up to it, it's like, well, that doesn't sound like the best idea. Well, you know, whatever. And then he waits and he sleeps on it or whatever. Then she has to honor it. And if, and if it's going to be broken, then it's on him, not on his wife, because he's the spiritual head of the household. So God's going to hold him accountable for it. And, and that's just, again, the Lord concerning these vows and promises made to the Lord. If you make a promise to the Lord, just honor it, just honor it. But also there's a caution there before I read that last verse. Uh, you know, just don't make any promises or vows out of just like excitement or desperation, right? Lord, if only, if only you would do this for me, then I'll do this for you. Just don't, don't do that, okay? Don't do that. Just place everything in the Lord's hands. Say, Lord, I, 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 don't, I don't know what you want for this, but man, I really would love to see this happen, but I'm not going to hold you to anything, God. Like, you know my heart, you know my prayer, um, and as the spiritual head of the church, which Jesus is, we can just trust in him and, and rely on his wisdom and expertise in all of it. And just lay everything at his feet. Everything at his feet. In verse 16, the last of this. These are the regulations the Lord gave to Moses concerning relationships between a man and his wife, between a father and a young daughter who still lives, lives at home. Just a really cool chapter that's like, kind of, he, he mentioned vows at the end of chapter 29, and then he's like, it, it's almost like the, the Spirit's like, oh yeah, and by the way, concerning vows. Let's clear the air on some of this stuff. Hope to the hopeless, hopeless, red for-
I'm so grateful that I have the ability to tune into life-changing truth from the messages of Pastor James Grizzle right here on Bread for the Broken. It's like water to my soul. I'm in an unusually busy season of my life where if I'm not careful, I'll just shrivel up. At least that's what it feels like. Have you ever been there? Maybe it's God's way of telling me that I need Him. Not activities, Him. Not entertainment, Him. You get the idea. I'm not saying that these things are necessarily bad, but how long will I make God wait? He is patient for sure, but He also has a purpose for my life. If I decide to do things that aren't in line with Him, you can bet that He's going to check me on it. He'll keep me in the desert as long as need be, like He did with the Israelites after they escaped from Egypt. But I can take comfort in the fact that I'm in this space because something needs to happen within me, so I can be more like Him. If this message has resonated with you at all, would you consider donating to this ministry? You can find information on our website, breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, take a look around. Again, that's breadforthebroken.com. We think it's important to magnify the name of Jesus at all ages. So why don't you come out and meet Pastor James Grizzle and everyone else here? Bread for the Broken is a ministry out of Calvary, Galveston, located in Galveston, Texas. It's our prayer that you're finding hope and new life in Jesus through the teaching of Scripture. Make plans to join us again, right here on Bread for the Broken.